You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management and marketing agency. Our goal is to help our clients find their perfect person on Pinterest. We are continuing with our summer story series. We're taking a little bit of a break from all the tips and tricks about Pinterest just to listen to how others have grown their business and how they approach their business today. These are a series of business owners I've handpicked with the hope of being inspired. Some I've heard before and want to share with you, but others are totally new to me. And I'm excited to be led down the path of their story in hopes to learn more about them and possibly something about myself. I have one ask for you as you listen to this series, and I hope you'll go back and listen to those at the beginning. When an episode impacts you, will you share it with a friend? I believe stories have the power to help us learn and provide aha moments that we often need as we're growing our business. Your share with a friend, even though I don't even see it, would be the highest compliment of this podcast and the person that I'm interviewing today. And I would love if you extend that story to another. Today, I have the delight of interviewing Joy Wilson of Joy the Baker. She is well known for her daily dabbles in butter and sugar as her blogging alter ego, Joy the Baker. Today, she shares her story about what it was like in 2008 when she started her business, also working at the same time, two jobs, and how her business has grown throughout the years. What I love about the story is it very much models kind of Joy's growth, which was meandering and tumbling and moving along the way. And at the end, she shares some great advice about business and some things that she does to stay grounded and to stay creative in her business as well, but it has nothing to do with business. So I'm so excited to share this interview with you with Joy the Baker. Hey, Joy, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Hey to you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to hear your story. So I have to tell you this, that the first time I heard of you was through a friend who loves, I believe it's your brownie cookies. Am I getting that right? Do you have some brownie cookies in the backlog? I'm sure way back there, I have some brownie cookies. Yes, it was way back there and she raves about it and loves it. And brown butter rice krispie treats oh yeah absolutely oh oh, yeah (laughs) so (laughs) that was when I was first introduced to you and she's like she loves brown butter and I was like oh that's very interesting because I'm afraid of brown butter like I am really afraid of it I will not go get it I'm gonna burn it um so that's how I first heard of you but I would love for my listeners to just get a high level of who you are and what your business is centered upon yeah, sure. So my name's Joy. I think the internet knows me better as Joy the Baker. Um, I I have a baking brand that started as a blog and over the decade plus has evolved into a product line with Williams Sonoma, cookbooks, a magazine. But the core of my business, Joy the Baker, is a baking blog where I encourage people like you to get in the kitchen and brown some butter. My whole 
my whole business is basically a baking pep talk. Oh, that is so great. Okay. So how did you even get started? Where was the idea for Joy the Baker born? The idea for Joy the Baker was born way back in 2008. Um, I was working at a bakery, two bakeries actually in Los Angeles. I had two jobs and blogging was pretty new. It was pretty new. I had just come off of having, I don't know if you remember this, live journal. Yes. Um, remember those? I, yep. I, we might be the only ones, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was working in bakeries and really I was teaching myself how to bake. I had finagled my way into these baking jobs. And so when I was off of work, I was still baking because I was really just trying to like get my chops up because I was working in these professional situations. So I would start to document the recipes I was making on a website, on a blog that I called Joy the Baker. Um, and so that's, that's really where it started. I didn't know what Joy the Baker was going to be in 2008. Really, it was just a journal for me to keep my recipes and maybe share them with like two other people who accidentally found it on the internet. Um, and I also thought that maybe I was going to like start a wholesale baking business. What I did know is that I needed an internet place to put my recipes. And that's what Joy the Baker started as. So did you have any, was this your like childhood dream? Did you always love baking? Did you have any baking background or go to school in that or just start working at these bakeries and self-taught? Yeah, I I mean I'm self-taught and I've always loved baking because um my my parents were what I call early adopter health food people. Um they were really into health food in the early 80s which if you lived back then it was a nightmare. It was like all I wanted was an Oreo cookie and we simply did not have those in our home. But the one loophole in my family was that if you could make it from scratch you could have it. So I quickly became a baker. <laughs> You're like, I know how to put sugar and butter together. I'm going to figure this out. My dad is a great home baker. And so it was always sort of in my blood, in the house. And so I'm self-taught. And when I was going, putting myself through college, I had a ton of restaurant jobs. And I found that the one that I loved the most was being in the back of the house, being in the kitchen. And so I finagled my way into those jobs while I was getting a degree in English literature. And I finally finished my degree and was like, well, now what do I do? I don't know. But what I am currently doing is baking. And I love that. So, <laughs> let's so then doing. it started you there. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious too, like 2008, we're right at beginning the recession. You're working two jobs. And am I correct? You were in LA. So it was a, it was a crazy time was, I guess, like the landscape of how, and then you were blogging too, like you were starting this. Were you starting to get any glimpse that you would become an entrepreneur through this blog? What were your thoughts then? I did feel like I would become an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what that looked like yet. I just knew that, or I felt like maybe it was the, the climate of 2008. I felt like there weren't a lot of good options outside of myself. Like with an English degree, 
I could have gone to get my master's and tried to teach, but I didn't want any more debt (laughs) and I didn't want any more school if I'm being honest. And, um, and so I did have the feeling like I have, you know, I have these day jobs, but I need to, I want to make something for myself and I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but I'm going to try a lot of different things and see what sticks. Okay. So you're blogging for those two people. When did those two people start to turn into more? And how did you start to notice that people were finding you and making your recipes? To be honest, the it was a slow grind. And I will say that it's still a slow grind. Um, I was joking with one of my, one of my teammates, um, cause Joy the Baker is a team now. Um, I was like, I'm in it for the, I'm, I'm playing the long con. It's not a con. <laughs> it's yes. not a con cause it's, it's really just recipes, but we joked about it cause I, I'm, I feel like I'm playing the long con, but in the beginning, it took a couple years and by a couple, I mean like three to four years to feel like I was building a community on Joy the Baker. And I, I remember distinctly a book came out, a baking book called um, Baking with Dory. Dory Greenspan is this incredible baker. Um, she wrote a cookbook and I joined a group. This is so silly. It, it feels like very 2010. I joined a group that was called Tuesdays with Dory, where every Tuesday we would all bake the same Dory Greenspan recipe from the book. And we would all go to each other's blogs and comment and like lift each other up. And that built a lot of that built a lot of community for Joy the Baker. Um, and it it sort of spread. I started to get some recognition from media, like small, like like the London Times. I think was starting to notice blogs. Savour was starting to notice blogs. So it, around then, it was starting to get a little steam. But that was a few years into it, a few years into screaming into the void. Yes. You know, <laughs> and hoping someone hears relentlessly. And, yes, right. So in that time, like I remember that too. We really had just Twitter and Facebook really to do any kind of promotion. There was some conversation about Google and SEO. As you were growing this, were you paying attention to kind of those exterior elements that we're also focused on now? Or were you just still kind of head down in, I'm just going to keep focusing on writing on this blog, Tuesdays with Dory, and then I'll think about all that stuff later. I really, and and to this day, I'm not very good at thinking about all that extraneous stuff because the heart of what I want to do is make recipes and talk you into making them. So back then I was aware of it. I think I was using it all superficially, but um, it wasn't, it wasn't on my mind a ton. Really what I wanted, what I want to do is be where the people, be where people are. and and offer what I have in those spaces. And at that time, that was my blog. And it was a small space, small community, but that's where people were. So I was there mostly. Um, yeah. Okay. So then we're in these first three to four years. Are you still working two jobs? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Got yeah, it. I, I lived in Los Angeles. It was expensive. So I was still working two jobs and um, I loved it. I, I did like it very much. Um, and the, the real like sticky moment came when I was down to one job, one restaurant job, and I actually got fired from that job. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, it sounds dramatic. It's not, but mm. I, m- my butt was fired. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. really? uh, that was, that was unexpected. So I remember thinking I'm either going to go to Kinko's and print out resumes. Cause who has a printer? Right. Um, or, or I'm going to have the audacity to change my whole life and try to monetize what I've built so far. Hmm. And I didn't want to go to Kinko's. <laughs> right. want to do it. And so I... So then how did you find out about these monetization opportunities? Um, it, it was twofold. Uh, I had to, I was like, my life right now is too expensive. It wasn't a lavish life whatsoever, but when you have no job, you know, you have to change. So I like moved out of my apartment. I moved in with roommates. I like canceled anything extraneous that I had. And I was like, okay, that's better. (laughs) And then, uh, it was, you know, like 2011 probably. And Back then, it was a real question of whether or not you're going to put ads on your site. Like that was sort yeah. of a big, a big deal. Like, are we doing that? And I was like, I'm doing that. We've, we've got bills, mm-hmm. so we're doing that. Um, I navigated that road, and then I thought my next big goal <laughs> was to write a cookbook. Okay, like, straight into can, it. Yeah, I was like, if I can get a book advance, I think that will be a big step into being able to take Joy the Baker full-time. So talk more about that. Did you just dive in, start researching? I did start researching. I, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at email to this very day. So I scoured my email looking f- to see if any like book agents or book agent adjacent people had emailed me in the past and maybe I, it had gone by me. And I found one. I was like, oh my God, this lady emailed me like three months ago and I didn't email her back because I thought it was fake. Like I didn't know what it was. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put this on hold for a second and I'm going to spend a couple months writing a book proposal. And I did that. And then I went knocking on her little email. Allison, hi. Um, it's me. I ignored you because I didn't think you were real, but now I know that you're real and I would like to write a cookbook. Um, and we started to work through the proposal process together based on what I had done previously. And she helped me sell a book. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what year was that when you first published? I think the book came out in 2012. What was that quote unquote success of the, the cookbook and maybe the notoriety? What did that look like? Personally, it was just like a dream, an absolute dream that I that I was able to do that, given the opportunity. And then it just sort of solidifies you as I went from being like a self-taught blogger to a cookbook author. Like there's there's a little bit more gravitas to it, even though I'm the same, I'm the same person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Hmm. Did that surprise 
you did. I mean, did you start to have more pitches from people more? Um, I guess just this in awareness that you weren't anticipating. It's kind of like that level up of starting or was it still feeling like that slow grind? Like, yep, this is just one piece of the puzzle of growth. Um, it, it did feel like just one piece of the puzzle. I don't think that like the floodgates of opportunity opened, although that was a huge one. Mostly the opportunity from that came um, that I was like, that it gave me some financial footing to dedicate more time to Joy the Baker. And because I was able to dedicate more time to it, my community grew. Got it. Okay. So it took off from there. Yeah. And you kind of, yeah, people started making your, you know, brown butter rice krispie treats and telling their friends. Yeah, that's exactly probably that's all I how want. it was. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So then when did other opportunities start to open up? You know, you mentioned that in the beginning about having a line at Williams Sonoma. Like, when did those opportunities start to come your way? You know, it's funny. Opp- it's funny how the road goes. You just really don't know. I, I first started talking with William Sonoma about developing a partnership in 2015. And, you know, a few hiccups down the road, it it didn't, it never manifested. Um, But in 2020, right before the shutdown, I was in Charleston at like a food and wine festival. And I saw my old William Sonoma pals and we're like, let's try it again. And and so over the early pandemic days, we were testing and developing products together that came out last year. So, so yeah, it, I mean, we first started talking way back in 2015. I was so disappointed when the partnership sort of fell apart and I just let it go. And you just never know how things will take shape or when they'll take shape. So you just kind of have to, I, I tell myself that you just have to stay the course, stay course because things come back around. You never know how. Yeah. And you never know what email is in your e- inbox after yeah, three months, you, right? You have to search that email. You really have to you search really the keywords. <laughs> That's right. So tell me a little bit about, I know you moved from LA and then you said you have a team. So talk to me a little bit about the move that you made and a little bit behind the why. And then when you hired your first team member. Yeah. I I moved from Los Angeles to New Orleans in 2014. And I, my family lives in Los Angeles. It's where I grew up, but I kind of have, I have a wandering spirit. <laughs> I like living different in different parts of the country. And I fell in love with New Orleans as is so easy to do. And I also wanted to buy a house and wanted to live in this city and feel grounded here. And so, yeah, so I made a big move and I love it here very much. I, funny enough, my team is not here in New Orleans. (laughs) They are, my team is all spread out, but I, I brought on John, my photographer, um, in, 2013 or so. I think maybe he started with me in 2012 as like an assistant, but um, assistant to me photographing. But I quickly learned that he's a much better photographer than I am. And I was like, oh, John, you should be doing this. 
He's like, yeah, I probably should be. <laughs> he went to school for photography. Um, so we started working together in 2013 and he, he was my first, my first teammate on Joy the Baker. And initially we were working together. I was food styling and, and he was photographing and editing for me. And we've done that for years and years together. And did you know how to take photographs in the beginning? Because that's a big, that is a big part of being a food blogger. Was that something that came natural to you in the beginning or, or not really? Yeah, it's a huge part of being a food blogger. And no, I had no idea how to take photographs. Um, I knew a friend of mine was, a, was into photography. I was like, hey, can I borrow your camera? And can you show me like three things on it and help me out? <laughs> and so... Yeah, my food photography skills just are are self-taught also. But, you know, it's pretty approachable with cameras these days um, and iPhones, my goodness. Um, yeah, so that, and I found that I really enjoyed that part of creation. So I became more curious about it. And working with John also kept me curious because he's so talented. So I'm really curious about this one. So you now have been, it's 12 years, right? That's what, is it 14? Are we it's 14? 14 years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is a lot of years of coming up with recipes. Have you honed a method or just this groove of coming up with recipes? And maybe how often do you create a new recipe? Gosh, I, we, I'm creating recipes every week, at least one every week. And my goodness, that's a lot. That's a lot now that we're talking about it. Um, and the recipes I create are really based on, selfishly, they're based on like what I want to cook, what feels good to me, what mood I'm in, um, what season it is. And it really just is, is born from that. And I find that my audience really resonates with what I want to cook right now. For some reason, I'm on like a small batch, like micro batch baking kick. Like, yeah, this morning, I saw your I was, cookies. Yes. Small batch cookies. <laughs> I really want to make those. They're genius. Um, I, this morning I developed a recipe for two lemon poppy seed muffins. And I made them, I made them twice. I ate two of the muffins and I was like, I feel good about this, but yeah, I'm developing recipes every week. I test them. John, John is my secondary tester and we're churning out recipes nonstop. That's a lot of years, a lot of recipes. And I'm, I, I guess I would wonder like, how often do you go back to the archives and then just tweak something or say that wasn't good enough? Let's, I like the batch idea too. That's kind of a, a spin on it too. Um, going back or maybe what you do when you feel a little dry as far as ideas. Yeah. Yeah. When I feel dry and that does happen, I, I go back to the archives, root around like a little squirrel. What's back there? What did I do? What did I do in May of 2014? What happened back then? Um, I'll go back there, see if there's anything that was really popular that I can 
repackage, redo. I'll usually, I can tweak one of those recipes, have John reshoot it, make it feel fresh. Nobody, I mean, most people aren't paying attention to what I did in 2014. That would be weird. Um, So there is a lot back there to work from. And when I am developing a new recipe, I'm working from, I'm not like reinventing the wheel every single time. Baking is proportions. So a cookie is like, you know, two sticks of butter to two and a half cups of flour. And so I can take that proportion and play with it within those boundaries and make a new recipe. So it's not maybe as heavy a lift as you might think. Hmm. Yeah. As I would think, who is afraid of brown butter? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Sounds bigger. (laughs) So Here's a few questions that kind of go along this, the line of looking back over your business. So looking back over this 13, 14 years, thinking of you working two jobs, testing out different things in the kitchen when you're done working. Are you surprised at how, I guess, I don't want to use the word big, your business has grown today, but like maybe how vast and how many bakers you've reached in the kitchen. Like when you stand back and look at that, I guess, describe a little bit about how that makes you feel or what your thoughts are as you reflect on all these years. Gosh, all these years. I mean, it's, it's like the light of my life that I, that I get to coax people into baking for themselves or teaching themselves how to bake. It, it floors me because I, I mean, I just started this as a curious person trying to teach myself a thing. And now I've like worked through all of that imposter sim- syndrome into a place where I'm like, oh, I can, I can do this and I can teach it. And, and to see other people react to that is, is everything. It's why we do it. Right. Well, I want to ask you a question about that imposter syndrome, because as you know, in the entrepreneur community, anybody running their own business, that's usually top of the list, one or two, as far as a thing that they're struggling to overcome. So how was that something that you worked through? It, it, it took a lot of time, but I think what was helpful for me in the beginning, and I don't know if this is still possible. But in the beginning, it, you know, it was 2008. I could say, I don't know how to do this, but I'm figuring it out. There was space for that. Um, And that's always, well, back then that was how, that was how I presented myself because that's what was true. Um, And, and I, I don't know, do you feel like now there's less forgiveness for that sort of, yeah, I feel like, I feel that too. And I feel like lucky that I got to work through that mm-hmm. <laughs> when yeah. no one's looking, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great point about like, there feels like there's so many eyes on you in so many different spaces. Whereas before I loved how you talked about how you all would comment on each other's blogs and you'd start to see these people. Cause I remember that of the early days that really the only way that you could connect with somebody was by going to their blog, reading it and then commenting and they would comment back and you had these like little tiny spaces. And now it's like these vast 
spaces of conversation that, yeah, there, there doesn't feel like there's, I don't know if grace is the right word, but just there's too many eyeballs. I on, feel that too. Yeah. I feel that too. And as you're talking, I, I, I think that a place where imposter syndrome manifests for me now is on TikTok. Like I can't do it. I can't do it. I won't do it. I have not put up a TikTok. I'm afraid. I'm like, I, I don't belong in this space. And yeah. So that's where my imposter syndrome is sitting silently <laughs> over there because it feels like too many eyeballs. It feels like too much pressure. I don't feel capable. These are just the stories I'm telling myself. It's just a, it's just like a stupid thing, you know, but yeah, it still exists for me and it lives over there on TikTok. <laughs> well, and I, I would agree with you. And I feel like it's, I think there's some element of exhaustion. Like, do I have enough in me to go in again? And from somebody who started back in 2008, it's like, okay, I went in on Facebook. I went in on Instagram. I went in on email. I went in on all these things. And I think at some point as an entrepreneur, we go, I just don't know if I have it in me to go in today because I'm in all these other spaces and I'm yeah. tired, right? Yeah, yeah but very much. There is an exhaustion factor to it too. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's so, di- it's, it's so different than all of the other places that I've thrown myself into over the last 14 years that I'm like, oh man, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. Well, and I I started this uh at the beginning of this year, I started interviewing other agency owners. And I just said, I just want to hear your story and what you work through and how you do it. And what I found is I was meeting with these people who were so behind the scenes, but yet they were growing. And that was such an encouragement to me because I think when we see the TikTok, when we see the Instagram, we see everything from an outside perspective, we think we need to have all these things that make us look so forward-facing to be successful. And then when we peel back the curtain, it's like, oh, maybe we don't need all that. It's kind of the rat race. It's the online rat race is what it is. It's true. It's true. And some of a piece of advice that I give people that ask me like, I, not that I am one to give business advice, but if I, when people ask, ask me like how to start, I tell them just to start where you are, just start where you are with no apologies. Cause that's what you've got. Um, and be in that space. And for some reason, why am I unable? I'm like unable to take my own advice in that TikTok area. I'll just start where you are. No, no problem. You're not going to get Um, yeah, yeah. It feels like a mountain. I'm with you. I grabbed like the handle over there and then I'm like, I'm out. I got my name. I'm done. <laughs> Nobody can take it. <laughs> but and then I'm like, I won't do anything. Um, okay, so that's a good way to uh piggyback on kind of these last couple questions. What has surprised you about being an entrepreneur? What's what surprised me is that you're never done learning. Like you have to stay so curious as an entrepreneur and that uh, that suits me well cuz I I'm I'm very curious. I really like to learn a lot of new things, try a lot of new things, 
fail terribly at a lot of things. Um, and I find that that very much bleeds into my business life as well. There's, you have to stay so curious, so flexible as an entrepreneur. And I, I guess I thought before I started it all, you know, like in the beginning in 2008, 2010, I was thinking, I, I know there's something here. I know I want to, I want to figure something out for myself. And one day I'm going to figure it out and that's going to be it. And I sort of have figured it out as Joy the Baker, but there's no, it's not like plugged and done. <laughs> it's never, it's, you're never done um, investigating ways to change and grow as an entrepreneur. And that's what surprised me. Yeah, no truer statement <laughs> than that one. I would agree with you. Um, and then what has been your greatest joy when it comes to running your own business? Um, my greatest joy is that I just feel so humbled that I get to um, make my creativity my work and that it resonates with people and it sparks creativity in them too. And yeah, that that has been like the light of my career. Hmm. Yeah. The fuel, right? To keep yeah, going. Absolutely. So last question for you. If you had to share a favorite business book or resource that you have found to be most helpful, what would it be? Oh my God. I have, I have never read a business book in my life. Oh, Is that bad? You. No, that's <laughs> delightful. <laughs> I just, can't. I, I would say stop and go watch the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Like you want to learn about business? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's terrible advice, but I don't, I business resources, business advice. I'm not good at that. Like I just, I'm just tumbling, tumbling around, <laughs> but I don't, I don't read business books. That's okay. I think that's good. And well, let me ask this then. What type of books are your favorite books to read? I am currently reading a book, a memoir about, it's called The Motorcycles I've Loved. Motorcycles I've Loved. Because I just learned how to ride a motorcycle. And I find it to be, this is like a tangent, but maybe business related. I find it to be extremely uncomfortable and extremely scary. I also sometimes find my business life to be extremely uncomfortable and a little scary. Um, and so I'm always finding ways to work through discomfort because, you know, life and business are going to make you uncomfortable. Um, so the motorcycle makes me uncomfortable, but I love it. And so I'm reading a book about a girl who taught herself how to ride a motorcycle and is into it and didn't die. So <laughs> yes, so it's exactly story. like you, right? You're like, yeah. this is my story. I'm getting yeah. to read about it. Yeah. I, and she's really inspiring me. And yeah. I, so my business books are like me, like really pushing myself out of my comfort zone and then finding other people who have also pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and finding the ways that that challenge can like mirror itself in my business and how I can work through it. Hmm. 
And I love that. Like, I will say, even just listening to you talk about it, it's such an encouragement to me because I think sometimes we get so head down in what's the right tactic? What's the next move? What are all these things? And I'm such a fact finder and like an achiever, right? So I have to actively try to turn that off to like pick up a fiction book sometimes. Like I, I, I have to, it's really funny because my friends make fun of me because I listen to nonfiction books so much that when I do read fiction books, this is so funny. I, I read them before bed and I sleep great. Oh, like, and yeah. not because the book is like boring, but because it's like this little adventure and yeah. story and it's not like feeding my business brain. Right. It's something else. Like you just have to, you, that, I mean, this is why I watch The Real Housewives. I just, <laughs> l- I, let me listen to women argue about something for an hour yes. that's like has nothing to do with me. It, it totally. takes me away. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I, I, you, you have to be an achiever to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I try not to be too competitive with myself. Um, and so I think that's why I, I kind of stay away from too much business input um, because it can really spin me up and I don't need more of that. <laughs> myself. Right. I think that's such a great piece of advice there too, as well is limit your intake of what you're getting, because sometimes you don't even know you're spinning Mm -hmm. until you finally step back and go, I'm going to stop and go learn how to ride a motorcycle because that feels much more productive right now. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it, it, it feeds your life. It feeds your whole life. Um, you need, you need all of that balance. Yeah. I love that. Joy, thank you for sharing your story and bits of how you've grown and your motorcycle adventures and all these other pieces that I've just found so delightful. And I didn't know a lot of your history or how you got started. And I will definitely be trying brown butter at some point. And I'll let you know. I know you can do it. And if you learn it, that's okay. Just try again. Just try again. So where can people go to follow what you're doing and support you? Well, well, you can find me at joythebaker.com. I'm joythebaker on all the socials as well. And I just had a summer magazine come out. It's out until the end of August. It's called Joy the Baker Magazine. And it's on sale wherever magazines are sold in grocery stores and Walmart and all that. How fun. Is that the first time you've done this or is this uh, a repeat or like another issue of like a series? Yeah, this is my third magazine Um, Mm. and it's full of summer inspiration, crafts, food, barbecue stuff. It's it's very fun. Uh, We'll pick it up. And if you see it in the store, definitely tag Joy so that she can see that you found it for sure. I love that. So great. Well, thanks, Joy, again for joining me and sharing your story. And if anybody wants any of the links that we talked about, go to simplepinmedia.com slash 292. Thanks so much, Joy. So great to chat with you. Bye.